Let your conversation be always full of grace. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thank you so much for listening. In the last episode, I talked about the power of God's Word, that in God's Word, there is inherent power, that when God speaks to us, it's not just good advice. It's not like the words of a self-help book that, hey, it would be nice if you could do this. But when God's Word comes to us, it actually empowers us to do what He says to do. So when Jesus says to a paralyzed man, get up and take your mat and go home, the paralyzed man is not just hearing a nice suggestion, but he's being empowered to do the very thing that Jesus is saying. Jesus said in John 6, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So Jesus's words hold power in them. They hold power to live out the life that God wants us to have. And so in as much as our words agree with God's words, our words also have power to speak out life. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So our words hold the power of life and death. And our words can be sourced out of heaven or they can be sourced out of the dominion of darkness. James 3, 6 says, The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So God's words have power to enable us to live out his righteousness, and our words also have power that can bring us into agreement with God's word or that can bring us in opposition to God's word, which then puts us in agreement with the dominion of darkness, which also opposes God's word. And so our words are also very, very important. Now, unfortunately, there's an error in understanding the power of our words that we can just declare whatever we want, and because our speech is powerful, we just speak out whatever we want, and then we can make it come to pass if we just believe what we say. But Uh, That's not true, because our words, to have the power of God behind them, must be in agreement with God's words. Lamentations 3.37 says, Who has spoken and it came to pass, unless the Lord has commanded it? So, we can't just declare whatever we want, and I've given a lot of examples of that in past podcasts. We can't just declare that this year I'm going to make a billion dollars, unless the Lord has come to us and spoken to us, this year you're going to make a billion dollars, And, you know, that word would probably have some context with it, that he would give us what the plan is and what we're supposed to do with the money and how we're going to earn the money, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's probably not even a very good example because 1 Timothy chapter 6 says that those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So the moment that we begin to take God and use him like a genie in a bottle to accomplish the things that we think should happen, um, we're on shaky ground. And the moment we begin to use God as a means to an end, especially the end being getting wealthy, getting money for ourselves, uh, we should know right away that we're not really in alignment with what God is doing. However, when 
our hearts delight in the Lord, like Psalm 37, 4 says, we delight in the Lord and he gives us the desires of our heart. When our desire is to see the righteousness of God manifested on the earth, when we're in line with what God is doing, we can speak out the words of God and know that they have power to bring about his righteousness in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. Colossians 4, 6 in the NIV says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So our words can have the power of God infused in them inasmuch as they are in agreement with God's words. In John fourteen ten, Jesus says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So Jesus said in John 5:19 that the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. And later on in verse 30 he says by myself I can do nothing. So when Jesus speaks, he speaks out the very words of God. And so his words have power because he and the father are one. Now, one of the astonishing things about following Jesus is that he has chosen to make us co-heirs, and he has put his spirit into our hearts so that we also call to God as our Father, so that God is also our Father, and we have become co-heirs with Christ. And as Ephesians says, we're all growing up into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. We're all being transformed from one degree of glory to another to become like Jesus. And this was spoken of by the prophet Zephaniah in Zephaniah 3.9. He says, For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. So pure speech is not only not using profane language. Pure speech is speaking out the words of God. In 1 Peter 4.11 in the NIV, he says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And so God is inviting us to step in to the way that Jesus lived his life and to speak out the things that he is doing, to use our language to empower righteousness and to call out righteousness of our lives and in the lives of others. So when we're interacting with people, we can be asking ourselves, what is God wanting to speak into this person's life through me? What are the things I'm supposed to call out? What is the life of God that I'm, I have the opportunity and the privilege to call out in this other person? And when we're examining our own life, we can look at our own life and say, What are the things that God is wanting to call out in me? What are the things that God has deposited in me for those around me that I can call out and share with them and give to them and and serve other people with the gifts that God has placed on the inside of me? Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So here we kind of have the positive command and the negative command. The negative command is, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. The positive is, but only such as is good for building up. So this is a reflection of what we see in Colossians chapter 4, to let your speech be full of God's grace. Now you notice in Ephesians 4, he says, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion 
that it may, may give grace to those who hear. So, we're using our speech in a way that gives grace. It gives the power of God to bring about righteousness in those who hear. And here he says, as fits the occasion. There's an interesting book I had to read called What Do They Hear? Bridging the Gap Between Pulpit and Pew. And it talks about how sometimes what someone intends to communicate, specifically from a pulpit in a preaching context at a church, is not what the congregation or the hearers of that message receive. And so Paul is giving us solid advice that we should let our speech be full of grace. And he says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up. Now, when we think about how we're going to only speak things that build up and using speech that fits the occasion, of course, we need to think about the people that we're speaking to. Uh, an obvious example is, for starters, we have to be speaking the same language. I can't speak Chinese to someone who doesn't speak Chinese, and someone can't speak Russian to me because I don't speak Russian. So, for starters, we have to be speaking the same language. But sometimes communication is much more nuanced than that. And uh, in her book, A Framework for Understanding Poverty, Ruby K. Payne lays out the role of language and how even in one language, like English, for example, there are different registers of language. We have a formal register and a casual register and a consultative register and how people who grow up in different segments of society use different registers of language and have different discourse patterns even, and she describes this all in detail. And, and this is one of the reasons that it can be hard for people to come out of poverty because they have habits of using language differently than people in middle class or people in wealth. How wealthy people use language can also be different than how middle class people use language. And so there can be a gap there between people who are in wealth and people who are middle class. So if we want our language to give grace to the hearers, if we want our language to be fit for the occasion, we need to be empathetic to who we're speaking to so that uh, we can speak out the words that God wants us to, to speak, but that we can do it in a way that can be received by those who are listening. For example, you wouldn't speak to a six-year-old child the way, the same way you might speak to a 20-year-old adult. So really, this comes back to being led by the Holy Spirit of God and putting on the new self, as Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4, to be made new in the attitude of our minds, to have the mind of Christ, and to be able to speak out the words that he wants to speak to a person, to even be able to speak out the words that he wants to speak to us, so that our conversation, our speech, can be full of grace so that it can give grace to others to call forth the righteousness of God, to call forth that power that can manifest God's will, and that is God's righteousness. It's His right way of living life. It's His right way of us existing and being and interacting with one another on the planet. So I think we should be really encouraged and empowered to know that God has given us such power in our language that to be made in the image of God is to have the power of speech and the power of language and the creative power to be in agreement with his word and to declare the things that God is doing and to know that when we declare in agreement with heaven that there is power in our words to bring the righteousness of God to bear on every situation. 
So may God lead us each in the way that we speak to one another, in the way that we speak even to ourselves, that we would be gracious even with ourselves and um, speak out the things that God would speak to us. Sometimes the hardest things to hear are gracious words to ourselves. And yet the Lord tells us, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Sometimes we harden our heart when God speaks graciously to us because we don't feel worthy or we feel like our, we, we deserve to be given a, a good, um, kind of a good reaming or a good lecturing or something that we, we deserve to be reprimanded. And God comes to us with grace and with kindness and he's gracious to us and he comforts us and he consoles us. And sometimes we're tempted to harden our heart when the word of God comes to us in gentleness and kindness. But the Proverbs tell us that a gentle tongue is a tree of life and uh, the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. And so Jesus was marked by the fruit of the Spirit and, and gentleness and kindness is the way that God interacts with his children. Isn't that awesome? So may we learn from him and may we also um, let our words be full of kindness and grace and gentleness so that they can call forth life, so they can bring about a greater expression of God's life on planet Earth. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. The Lord be with you. And may you speak out life to yourself and to everyone around you.